You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Horn Frogs. This episode presented by Dilt Bar. You can use the promo code Locked On 15 and get 20% off your next order. And um, our pal Eric Hughes is with us. You know, I debated whether we would even talk this weekend because I just figured going into it that they would take care of business pretty easily against Louisiana Monroe, uh, and that did not happen. They got um, worked over by Louisiana Monroe's Friday night starter on Friday night, lost a close game, but didn't really feel like a close game. And then uh, Saturday they played a doubleheader in game one. Looked like, you know, Austin Crow gave up three runs in the first, but it was mainly kind of soft contact, and TCU scored a couple in the, in the bottom of the first, and felt like, okay, here we go. And then things went very poorly after that, and they ended up giving up 13 runs in the game. So they, they did salvage game three, but they lost two out of three to the ULM Warhawks, who were 9-12 and 12 in Sunbelt play coming into this weekend. So not not a fantastic showing, and Eric's here to break it down. So first, Eric, I think, you know, baseball is in general, of all the major sports, probably the strangest in that you can look at box scores, you can look at stats, but it doesn't always tell the story. Uh, TCU got one hit on Friday. Tommy Sacco had a single with two outs in the ninth to break it up. Yeah. They lost 4-3. Luke Boyers got thrown out the plate trying to score to tie the game. So what was that like watching all that happen on Friday night? Because that was truly one of the strangest games I've ever watched or been a part of. Yeah, it was it was weird, man. I the whole time, you know, you're you're never really thinking about it the first four or five innings, and then finally once it gets to the six, you're like, Oh, that's this is noteworthy. Um and it was just one of those things where you're like, at some point they're going to get some hits and they're probably going to figure out a way to come back and win this game. Uh, but it was about that sixth inning or so they gave up. They, I don't even remember who it was in that was pitching at that point. Um, Russ got chased a little early. And once they went down 4-0, the way that they were swinging the bat, it was lots of pop-outs, um, just not a lot of good solid contact. And it was like, wow, they – the way that they're swinging, actually I don't think they're going to win this game. And then at the, there was a point where I was like, I think we might actually get no hit here. Um, and it was kind of one of those situations where I was like, of course I want to see the Frogs win, but, hey, if I, if I get to witness a no-hitter, like I'm not going to be totally mad. Um, and then that ninth inning was just crazy. I mean, the whole game, really, the Frogs, it was strange. They had chances to score runs even without getting hits. Like, they were still getting walks. There was a couple, um, I want to say, maybe one error or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had chances. They had guys on third base a couple of times and just were never able to uh, get a sack fly or hit a ground ball to second base. Um, and so – it was strange the whole time they had chances to score runs even without having any hits and they did so in the ninth they had um at least uh two runs they had two yeah two runs without any hits in the ninth inning uh then tommy finally 
comes up clutch, just a little single to right field and uh, gets that first hit with two outs in the ninth. And immediately you're thinking, wow, no way we're really going to tie this game up. Uh, and then uh, just a great play by the great throw by the right fielder throws them out. Frogs end up with three runs on one hit, just wacky stuff. Yeah. Wacky stuff. And you know, you felt like coming out of that game. Okay. Tip your cap to the ULM pitching staff. Hopefully that'll wake them up. Uh, but the first game Saturday didn't go as planned either, but let, let's talk about this starting staff as a whole, because I think that's the most concerning thing about this team right now. And, and we'll just kind of go pitcher by pitcher. So Russell Smith, it really feels like Eric. I mean, I mean, I know he battled against West Virginia. He battled against Texas. But the last time he was really sharp, in my mind, was probably that Tech game mm-hmm. where he got a lead early and was able to get through like six innings and give up a couple of runs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he's dealt with, you know, a, a week off because of mechanical issues. In between that, he's, he's trying to get back. But how would you assess where he is right now? Because, again, on Friday, that's a game you feel like, okay, this guy should just go in there against a team like that and, and shove and yeah. give you a great chance. And he, he just wasn't really sharp again against against the mm-hmm. Warriors. Yeah, he, he really hasn't been sharp. And the thing that was a little bit concerning for me, typically in a game, even if he's getting hit a little bit, maybe giving up a couple of runs, you still, you still typically see him striking guys out um, and missing bats. But uh, Friday, he didn't – I think he only had maybe two strikeouts. Like, he was not um, missing bats at all. And so that was a little concerning to see. Um, the, the team overall just really didn't seem very interested in playing this weekend, if I'm being honest. Um, and so I think there was just a little bit of a hangover just – coming out of the Texas series. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that is concerning to see, uh, particularly with Russ. Like, he's the guy that is going to go on Friday nights, um, and he's going to be your guy that you're going to say, hey, we need a win. We're going to throw him, Um, especially with the TCU bullpen um, just being so up and down, mostly down uh, this season. He's going to be have to be the guy that has to go out and pitch a great game if you want to win a two out of three out of, in a super regional. Um, and so it's definitely a little bit concerning. I don't necessarily have the scouting report on what issues he has, but just hasn't hasn't seemed to be himself lately. Um, I think he can use. I think just getting him some time off, hopefully between uh, just like Big Twelve tournament and regionals. I think will be helpful just to get him uh, mentally refreshed and physically refreshed. Uh, but we'll see how it goes for him coming down the stretch here. The, the strikeout thing is a good point. And I think the, it, it's hard to explain, but what I, I've noticed is he's always going to walk a few guys, but there's a lot more three, two counts where dudes are just fouling off his pitch that he's trying to put guys away with. And then maybe getting a walk or getting a hit. It, it it feels like he just can't um, get those strikeouts like he was early mm-hmm. in the season. So, 
We'll see. Um, and then Austin Crow just got worked over on Saturday. You yeah. know, there were people on Twitter that were saying, um, just I was watching reactions, and of course they were not. Uh, they were pretty off the deep end <laughs> over the past yeah. couple of days. But uh-huh. <laughs> there, there were a lot of folks that were really going after Austin, saying like he's been bad lately. But unless I'm missing something, like I think he's been their most consistent starter. Yeah, maybe all year, but certainly the last three or four weeks. So, I mean, I don't really want to press the panic button with him. I think Eric, this is just if it's if he has a bad start against K State, yeah, let's talk more about it. But honestly, mm-hmm. I I feel like he got off to a a rough start, and then um, the second inning was just kind of disaster, and then yeah, him early. I mean, look, he's. This was his first loss of the season. He's seven and one. He was seven and zero coming into this. Uh, you know, I don't know what his ERA rose to. It definitely rose probably in the threes, but it was, has been in the twos all season long. And so, um, this isn't the guy that we need to be worrying about, uh, in my opinion. He had a bad start. Like that's that's the way it is. He he didn't pitch yeah. well against a team he should have pitched well against. Uh, but look, these things happen. And so I think this isn't this isn't the guy that we should uh, be worried about. There are guys that absolutely we need to um, – I don't know if the panic but panic word is right, but just there's guys that on, on the staff and on the team that, um, that definitely have some red flags. But uh, in my mind, Austin really isn't one of those guys. I think he's going to be fine. Um, yeah, I don't have any – anything really else to say about him other than he had a bad start and it happens. Uh, I think once, um, yeah, just going into this K-State series and the big 12 tourney, let's see how he does then. If, 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 like you said, if he keeps struggling, then we'll talk about it then, but I'm particular, I'm not, I'm personally not worried about him. We'll return to my conversation with Eric Hughes in a second. Before we do that though, I do want to tell you about betonline.ag. Last night was the last night of the NBA regular season. Playoffs coming, play-in tournament coming. And if you want to know how to bet on the NBA playoffs, go to betonline.ag and get the best bets. You can get prop bets, all the lines. Also going on right now, the NFL released their schedule. You might say, well, why is that uh, relevant to what we're talking about? Well, you can already place wagers on these games if you're so inclined. BetOnline.ag, run by Lee Sterling for Paramount Sports. He does a fantastic job. Use the promo code LOCKEDON and get a 20% sign-up bonus. BetOnline.ag, your one-stop shop in the sports wagering world. One more time, that's BetOnline.ag. Give it a try today. And final thing in the starting rotation, so they go Luke Savage in game three. They move Johnny Ray out. Uh, I, I just – and I don't even know if Slosh really cared to find out against ULM. But I came away thinking we really don't have much clarity on that, Eric, because he pitched, I think, three innings, and then they kind of uh, pieced it together with River Ridings and Halen Green the rest of the way. So – and maybe that's their strategy. I, I just – I would imagine that um, – Jim's going to want more from whoever that, you know, third starter is the rest of the way. And yeah, I, I can't say it's going to be guaranteed to be Luke Savage after, after uh, what he did on Saturday. No. Yeah. It's tough to say. I, I honestly thought that he was going to go with Chuck King. I mean, I know he likes to come to him out of the pen to get to eat up some innings. Um, but I think just with him having starter, 
have, having starts under his belt in his career. Um, he's just – he pitches more like a starting pitcher in general than a reliever. Um, and so, I don't know. I think that that – I think he's the guy that personally, if it was me, I would lean towards um, using him the number three spot. Now, he hasn't looked 100% great, um, right. but – I just think that he's he is your um, best option to give you a five innings, three runs or less. Um, and so I don't know if Schloss is gonna gonna go that way or not. That's the way that I would be leaning. But um, yeah, they they definitely could. I mean, they have a lot of guys that could go a couple of innings. But I just don't like the way that the the bullpen has looked. I don't see that as a great option on day three. Sure. And I mean, bottom line is like another thing, and, and we don't have to go deep into detail about it, but it, it might be, and in, in, if I'm being an optimist, I'll just say it might be like Jim saying, hey, let's uh, let's slow down Halen's workload a little bit as we mm-hmm. go down the stretch here. But it is kind of weird to me that early in the year, it was like he had no problem throwing mm-hmm. him on Friday for three innings and then bringing them back on Sunday for an inning and a third. And now it just feels like he's going to come in one day for two innings. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Like he's been really good, even, uh, you know, coming off a a little bit of a break. It's it's just sort of weird to me, but my point being like, you you can't count on, well, I'm not going to use river ridings and hailing green until the third game. I mean, it's just, Mm -hmm. you're probably, you might need those guys earlier in the series beforehand sure so that that's not really a strategy um another dude i really feel for is johnny ray he he came out of the pen on game three game two of the double header and i believe it was walk double walk and then he got pulled didn't record now um i i just i i don't really know and it's one it's one bullpen outing i get it but Mm -hmm. i don't really know what they what they do with him right now, Eric. It's it's tough to watch, man. I I was hopeful for him coming down the stretch. I think I had mentioned that um you know, just hoping that that Kirk Sarlos could kind of get him in the right mindset and get get things righted, but uh unfortunately that just hasn't been the case. He's just been bad. I mean that's the only way to say it. Um I think Schloss easily could have gone to Halen to start that eighth inning last uh, Saturday uh, in that second game just to say, hey, we're just going to finish this off and and not even think about it. But he chose to go uh, to Johnny to give him the opportunity uh, to succeed, and he wasn't able to do it. And so, yeah, it's a – it's a, he's just been – it's just a messy situation, unfortunately. Um, I don't think he's going to have a clear role going forward. I think he's going to be – kind of a guy that if they make it to the postseason, uh, he'll be just kind of the arm to, I don't want to say burn, but uh, when it gets down to it and you're kind of running out of um, guys, um, he's going to just be one of those guys that has to come in. And so, um, you know, will the frogs get burned in that situation? We'll have to find out, but uh, it's been, it's been just tough to watch just seeing him. I think we all expected, more and I think he himself expected more out of him so I don't think it's uh wrong to say wrong to say these things but 
um, yeah, just been a, a tough year for Joni. It has. Uh, a couple more things. First, it is worth noting as well, no excuses for losing a series like they did, but this team is pretty banged up. And I feel like even though it's only a couple players, where they are in the lineup and how they've been hitting really affect like one through nine. So, um, Eric, two guys that didn't play at all, Hunter Wolf and Gene Wood. I know you had some updates from just sources that you kind of talked to around the, the program this weekend about what, you know, we could be looking at as far as the timetable for those guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hunter and Gene, you could make the argument that they're two of the best, uh, most important, I would definitely say, four, mm-hmm. three or four hitters on the team. And so not having them is significant. Not to say that uh, you shouldn't still win the series, but it is significant. So uh, with uh, Gene, he injured his shoulder uh, diving back into first against Texas. Um, Actually, from what I heard, it had popped out um, as he was diving into first. And so they had to put it back into place there. So uh, you can imagine how painful that was. And so he's been out since that. I think that was the Friday night game. It uh, could have been yeah. Saturday, I forget. But uh, so uh, word is that he is going to be supposed to be coming back for this upcoming Kansas State series. Uh, so that's that's good to see. Um, and then Hunter uh, had a hamstring, was dealing with a hamstring issue where he when he was legging out an infield hit uh, against UT as well. Uh, and I think uh, from what I heard, he his timetable is still a little bit up in the air. They're not sure if he's going to be back. Um, for this series or not against Kansas State. My personal guess, um, this isn't based on anything I've heard, but just my guess is that he won't be starting, uh, that they'll still kind of just wait and get him fully rested up 100%, you know, maybe be in a pinch hitting role. Um, But uh, he is not completely back from what I've heard. So, uh, but getting closer, I think both these guys are going to be ready for postseason baseball, which is good news. Before we wrap things up, I do want to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the most delicious protein bar on the market. And if you're someone who's not really a fan of protein bars, you say, I've never been somebody who enjoys those. Well, give Built Bar a try because I I wasn't either. I mean, I've never been someone who really ate protein bars, but I got sent some Built Bars because of my association with the Locked On Network. And I love them. They're a great breakfast for me. They're a great snack. Um, it's good for you, for one. It's 180 calories, only 5 grams of sugar. And you might say to yourself, well, if it's that healthy for you, then it can't taste good. But I disagree with that. I think it's actually a really good tasting snack. BuiltBar.com is where you can order it. Some of my favorite flavors are peanut butter, cookies and cream, German chocolate, um, and they have some more off-the-wall flavors, too. So go explore. Find out what you uh, might desire or might like at BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON15 and get 20% off your next order. That's the main thing. And then Elijah Nunez left on Friday, and uh, all I know about that situation is Slosh told Chuck Lamondola, who does radio and TV for TCU, uh, before the Saturday games, that he pulled a muscle in his leg trying to chase down a fly ball um, and and they were still diagnosing it at the time so don't really have a timetable for him Uh, I I feel like where you're missing him is in center field I mean that's the main thing Uh, and of course he's someone at the bottom of the lineup that can be effective so they need all those guys back Um, 
final thing, and let me let me just say this. Ultimately, this was a non-conference series, so uh, TCU still has a one-game lead on Texas. They can still win the Big 12 this weekend. Mm-hmm. Big 12 tournament's coming up. Everything's still in front of them. And uh, you're listening to this on Monday morning, Monday afternoon. You might know what the standings are in the top 25. When we're recording this, we don't. I don't know what happens Monday. TCU might fall out of the top 10. I'm not sure. I know Kendall Rogers from D1 Baseball was not super impressed based on the tweets that he sent out yep. uh, over the you know first couple of days of that series. So who knows? Um, but there's there's still time. There's still everything's in front of them. Mm-hmm. I, I do wonder though, Eric. Uh, that's a that's another series loss, and I think that's five series losses on the year for them. Um, you know, they lost to Gonzaga. They lose to Texas and Texas Tech. Now losing in a row. Do, do you think this team lost a national seed? And I'm talking about top eight. I still think, you mm-hmm. know, they're very much in line to host. Mm-hmm. But potentially lost a top eight seed with, you know, the, the games they dropped this weekend. Yeah, it's a, it's a fair question. You know, I think this series against ULM was really only one that could hurt you. Um, it wasn't really one that could help your case yeah. at all. Um, and so it was just, I mean, the definition of a trap series, I guess you could say. Um, but, yeah, I think we just have to look at the rest of um, just the field and how the landscape is 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 shaping up. You know, you have your um, five or six top teams that are – pretty much bona fide like they're gonna they're gonna get in you know Arkansas Vandy um you've got Tennessee um you've got Texas uh you've got I think East Carolina has had a really good series this year from what I've heard they're supposed they have a really good shot at being a top eight seed um and then you kind of get to a few teams and I think TCU is is right there uh in that six seven eight nine ten uh to where you're right, there, there's several teams that are right there on the edge. Uh, and, and like you said, it's, it's going to depend on uh, how the rest of the season shapes up. I mean, if the Frogs lose two out of three to Kansas State, don't have a good showing in the Big 12 tourney, they're not going to have a, uh, a top – they're not going to be a top eight seed. Uh, but if they take care of business, make a decent run in the Big 12 tourney, um, you know, I, the thing – I think ultimately the thing that I keep coming back to is – if they win the series against Kansas State and end up on top of the Big 12, finishing first place in the Big 12, I don't see uh, the committee leaving them, leaving the first place team in the sec, arguably the second best conference in the nation uh, out of the top eight. Um, I just, that's just my personal uh, belief that they, the, the committee won't do that. Um, and so, you know, time will tell, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to depend on how the team finishes. Um, if they keep playing as they have been, it's probably not going to happen. But I don't think that they necessarily don't have a shot. I think that um, they're still in play for one of those national seeds. And so um, it's an interesting discussion, and we're going to see what happens down the stretch. We will, and I agree with that. I think, you know, they might temporarily drop out of that discussion this week when standings come out and when the field of 64 projections come out. But 
hey, you as you said, you win the Big 12 in the regular season, even with the struggles you had against Texas and Texas Tech, you finish above those teams in the standings. That's a big deal. I mean, it is. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's a big bolster for your resume. So, um, still plenty of opportunities. Everybody, let's take a collective deep breath. There, there are things to be concerned about with this team, like, for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. going to doubt that. And honestly, like, whether they host or if they don't, if they make a super regional, I think that's good for this group. And sure. you just kind of see what happens after that. Yes. Um, and we will. But, hey, there's still a couple weekends of baseball left before that. Hopefully – Next Monday, we're having a more positive discussion about this mm-hmm. team and, and where they are. But regardless, my friend Eric Hughes will join me, and we thank him for that. This has been a Monday edition of Locked On Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.